0: Well, we need to lighten the mood a little bit after um, such a week, right? I think that's all you can say. It was such a week, and then you can say it was—it's been such a year as well. Um, but uh, we received our food pantry delivery from the food bank um, about ten days ago, and um, we are unloading two truckloads full of food, which has been our norm throughout uh, the past year, and. Uh, Bob Bell and I were, were commenting that there were a lot of pinto beans coming off the truck. <laughs> Lots of pinto beans. And and there are canned pinto beans. Normally we get them in bags and they're dry. This time they were in, in cans and they're, they're packed wet. And um, uh, we had two pallets full of pinto beans. So Bob and I went out to the truck and we said, hey, were these cheap or something? And he, the guy who was unloading them for us said, no, I think they're just giving them away. And I said, they're free holidays! <laughs> wow. oh. Y'all are supposed to be like rolling in the dirt and everything else, like laughter, So, Patrick, maybe you shouldn't go on sabbatical. That's what you're going to get during I, the opening get, monologue for a two no months. I this, get no better than that. I get no better than that. I was driving to church uh, Tuesday, the roads had cleared up just a little bit, enough for me to come. And and I was wanting to get to church not only because my house didn't have any power and it was freezing cold, but also because I had some work that I wanted to get done. um, And so I wanted to get to church. And what I found was that on my way, most of the stoplights were out. And at every stoplight, people were just running right through them. And so I looked up on the Internet. I stopped at all of them because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. And, uh, and I looked up on the internet, what do you do when you come to a stoplight that's out? You treat it like a four-way stop, right? Yeah, you all weren't doing that. So, <laughs> and maybe it wasn't you, but you all outside of these church grounds. I was not scared of the ice. I was not scared of the snow. I was scared of someone ripping through an intersection and broadsiding somebody. It was It was incredibly scary. When I got here to church, Patrick had, was out for a walk, which I found just incredibly uh, awesome that he would be walking in 20-degree weather. But he was out for a walk and stopped in at the church to check on it. And I, he asked me, he said, how was your drive in? I said, the roads were great. Uh, the drivers weren't. So <laughs> we, we all in this past week are looking for some direction, aren't we? We're, we're looking for those signs and symbols of how we are supposed to live our lives, and um, and in these moments of extreme crisis, when we don't have water, we don't have power, when we're cold, and when we're thinking about uh, those things that we take for granted, that they always come to us, into our homes, and, and then when they're not there, it begins for us to think about what what is this all about? This whole entire year with COVID. We're coming up on the year anniversary of when this church moved um, into live streaming and then ultimately out to this beautiful cathedral of trees. Over this past year, we've been asking those same questions. When is this going to end? Lord God, send us direction on, on how this is supposed to work. What are we supposed to be learning in all of this? We're seeking direction from God. At least I am. And I know many of you are as well. The song today that I opened up with, Show Me Your Pathways, O oh Lord. Your pathways are love and faithfulness. It, it goes to the heart of what I think all of us are searching for and desiring and wanting, is that we are really looking for some way for God to be speaking to us in the midst of all of these crises. Somehow, some way to, to share with us that life is different and, and we are going to be okay. God is with us. God is a part of us. God is in creation. God is here and is here and now. And I love that we start the season of Lent in this first Sunday of Lent with the baptism of Jesus from the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark just moves along, doesn't it? And what takes uh, two chapters in Matthew and I think two in Luke uh, uh, with the baptism and Uh, going into the wilderness and then declaring the kingdom of God is near. Um, Mark does in seven verses, right? It's very quick. And so Jesus comes to John. He's baptized. He comes up out of the water. The heavens open up. God says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. The spirit drives him into the wilderness. For 40 days he's there. He comes out of the wilderness and then he declares, the spirit of God is upon me. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe in the Lord. That's it. That's in a nutshell. My sermon's over, right? <laughs> you only could hope. But that's the way Mark runs. It's a very quick-paced um, declaration of, of what happens. And I think that's what we, um, we need to hear today. Is that even in the midst of those, that, that quick-paced life that, that we hear in the Gospel of Mark, God is present. The beloved child of God, Jesus Christ, is declared. And made known through the waters of baptism. God is revealed to all of humanity for all time in that moment. And then we're we hear about Jesus being pushed into the wilderness where he is tempted um, to, to stray away from who he is. Yet he doesn't do that. And it's a it's a way for us to see that that even in the midst of our lives, that God has been in, Declared Lord of our lives, we too will be tempted. We too will be driven into the wilderness. Some of us could actually say that that happened this week, or maybe throughout this past year. That wilderness and those temptations are great, yet with the Spirit of God in us and about us and around us, we can overcome those temptations. God is with us. God will drive us not only into the wilderness, but through the wilderness, and we will come out the other side being able to declare that the kingdom of God is near and that the love of God is real. And all of those things give us direction. They give us direction. And I think it moves that quickly because you know what? Life moves that quickly. Mark knows that the the modern life that we live today moves quickly. Those temptations come. We've got to be prepared. When those temptations leave, we've got to be prepared to declare Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so, as I was thinking about it, I'm—I was thinking, you know, I need some directions. And I was thinking, well, I could make some neat metaphors related to stoplights, or caution signs, or yield signs, or crosswalks and that kind of thing, but then I remembered back to when I was a kid, when I would walk to school, uphill both ways in the snow, in Southern California, Global warming hadn't started yet, so, you know, there was no snow in Southern California. But my mom would always say, when you get to an intersection, you need to, what? Stop, look, and listen. And then, after you do those three things, then you go. (laughs) Right. And so stop, look, listen, go. That's what I want you to think about this Lenten season. Stop. Stop doing the things that that pull you away from who God is in your life. Just stop them. That's my Lenten discipline. I'm going to try to stop those things that pull me away from having a right relationship with God. Stop. Stop being um, snarky about things because that's really easy for me to do stop vilifying the other side, whatever the other side is. Just stop it. I think that's the the reality of where we are in in all of the things that we've experienced. It's it's not worth it for us to point fingers one way or the other. It's, it's, It's time for us to stop and then to look. To look around. The folks that come out at Sidewalk Saturday to serve the ministers of this church, they look. They look into the eyes of the people that come and they see Jesus. And they serve the people that come with compassion, dignity, humility, and love. We don't judge. We we stopped that years and years and years ago. We don't point the finger and say, you know, the city of San Antonio should be taking care of you. We don't point the finger and say, well, if you would just do this, your life would be so much better. We just love. We look at each other in the eye, and we love one another, and it is powerful to see, and it it makes all the difference in the world. When we look at each other in the eye, we can then begin to listen to one another, and I think that is a lost art form in today's world. Civil discourse, the ability for us to to talk amongst each other about difficult things um, has really gone out the window, hasn't it? And so we are called in this season of plant to learn how to listen once again. Listen to the heart of God at work in us. Listen to God's salvation at work in Jesus Christ. Listen to God's love and grace that is showered down upon every single one of us in this whole entire world. To listen to one another and the hurts and pains that we go through. Listen to the fact that some of us still may not have water. And some of us still may not have power. Listen to the fact that when we hear those things, we then must go. If you have water, fill a jug of water and share it with a neighbor who doesn't have water. That's happened all across the city. Stop, look, listen, and go. The greatest, I think, traffic movement that we could ever uh, ever capture is a faith movement of stop, Look, listen, and go. All of this leads me to say that in this season of Lent, maybe we need to leave the idea that our life is transactional. I do this, you give me this, right? I put my ATM card into the the machine and it it spits out some money, right? It's a transaction. It's anonymous. It doesn't mean much. It, it, It basically is, I give you this and I get something back. We live in a transactional world, don't we? we? We live in that world. Capitalism is all about that. The more you work, the more you're going to get. And maybe, maybe what we're called to in this season of Lent is to step back and to stop, look, listen, and go, and go into more of a transformational faith. A transformational faith. It's much messier. It's not as clean, but the reality is is that it's in response to what's already been given to you. A transformational faith recognizes that God's grace and love is showered down upon us before we do anything. By just being alive and breathing in this world through the waters of baptism, the heavens open up, not just for Jesus, but for you and me, and God says, this is my beloved family. With you, I'm well pleased. My love is showered down upon you, and we now live in response to that love. It's very different than a transactional life. A transformational faith recognizes first and foremost that God's love is there, and then we then are called to go out into the world and share that love with others. Not earning anything in response to it, but giving everything in response to God's grace and love to let us move from the transactional life into the transformational faith. May we make this journey of the 40 days of Lent ways for us to practice just that, doing those things that God has called us to do for the sake of God's glory and out of humility serving others in our community. May we be transformed as we go out into this world to transform others. And as a way for us to mark that upon ourselves, for a way for us to actually say that we're going to leave the transactional life behind and move forward into a transformational faith. If you are not able to come here for Ash Wednesday, we have four stations set up, four kneelers set up around the property, and at the conclusion of the service, we invite you to come by family group to a kneeler, and one of the clergy will be there to mark the sign of the cross on your forehead in ashes to mark that we are mortal, that we are sinful, and that through the grace and majesty of God in our lives, we will be able to stop, look, listen, and go, to leave behind the transactional life and move forward in God's transformation and love.